think that we can get much higher than this. You're listening to Can't Get Much Higher, a podcast and newsletter about the intersection of music and data. My name is Chris Dallariva, and I am your host. Last week was the 65th anniversary of Buddy Holly's death. Since Holly is one of my favorite artists and songwriters of all time, I wanted to talk a bit about him this week, and specifically about the tragedy of dying young. I hope you enjoy it. When you look at Buddy Holly's discography, it's hard not to be astounded. If you asked me to select a perfect rock and roll song, I'd happily point to his song, That'll Be The Day. Well, that'll be the day when you say goodbye, yes, If you asked me to select a perfect melody, I'd happily point you to his song, Every Day. Every day, it's getting closer, go. If you asked me to select a perfect vocal, I'd happily point you to his song, True Love Ways. Just you know why. I could go on and on about Buddy Holly, but what's crazy is that he created all of this perfection before he turned 23. Buddy Holly died tragically in a plane crash on February 3rd, 1959 that also took the lives of two other burgeoning stars, the Big Bopper and Richie Valens, along with the pilot, Roger Peterson. The group was on a short Midwestern tour called the Winter Dance Party. When you look at how this tour was organized, you'll see why they quickly ran into issues. The tour sought to play 24 shows in 24 days. That alone would make it taxing on the artists but it's almost like the promoters organized the tour in such a way to make it as chaotic as possible. For example, the tour was supposed to play in Dubuque, Iowa on February 10th, Louisville, Kentucky on February 11th, and Canton, Ohio on February 12th. That's over 800 miles in three days. When you consider that this was before the completion of the interstate highway system, that every musician shared a single tour bus, and that there was no road crew so the artists had to load and unload their equipment each night, you'll see how this tour was not set up for success. And it didn't stop there. The tour bus was ill-equipped, frequently breaking down in the freezing cold. After a few days on the road, the Big Bopper and Richie Valens were experiencing flu-like symptoms, and Holly's drummer, Carl Brunch, was hospitalized with frostbite. Everyone was fed up. Holly decided that they would charter a plane to the next show. This was the plane that would crash near Clear Lake, Iowa, and kill everyone on board. The deaths of Buddy Holly, the Big Bopper, Richie Valens, and Roger Peterson were an undoubted tragedy. But there are details about this story details about who else could have died that always reminds me of the seeming randomness of the universe. Dion DiMucci and his backing band the Belmonts were also part of the Winter Dance Party. Had Dion been on that flight, he would have died a minor musician from the 1950s, not the Rock and Roll Hall of Famer that gave us such classics as The Wanderer. Runaround Sue. Abraham, Martin, and John. Anybody here? My old Abraham. The band that Holly assembled for the tour also included Waylon Jennings on bass. Had Jennings been on that plane, he would have died a nameless bassist rather than the country music legend who scored 51 top 10 hits on Billboard's country charts. Mamas, don't let your babies grow up to be cowboys. To fully grasp how talented Buddy Holly was at such a young age, I grabbed the 100 best-selling artists of all time according to the RIAA and took a look at how they would have been remembered had they died at the same age as Holly. 59% of those artists would have died before they released their debut album. 92% would have died before they released their best-selling album. Here are how some specific careers would have fared had these artists died at Holly's age. First, John Lennon. One quarter of the 20th century's most successful band, John Lennon would only be remembered for Please Please Me, the Beatles' debut album. 
Furthermore, that album would have been released nine days after his death. In this universe, there's a chance that John Lennon is best remembered for a fantastic vocal on Twist and Shout. Second, Drake. The prolific Canadian rapper would only have released two mixtapes, Room for Improvement and Comeback Season, neither of which charted. In other words, Drake's legacy would mostly be relegated to his time on the teen drama Degrassi, The Next Generation. Third, George Strait. The country legend would be remembered for nothing. At Buddy Holly's age, he was still seven years from releasing his debut album. Amarillo by morning up from San Antonio. Fourth, Michael Jackson. If the proverbial king of pop died at 22, he would be remembered as a talented child star who released one fantastic album as an adult, namely Off the Wall. He would have never gotten to make Thriller or Bad. And finally, Beyonce. Though she would have released all of her work with Destiny's Child, Beyonce's solo career would be reduced to her fierce debut Dangerously in Love. Her husband Jay-Z's career would be reduced to effectively nothing. His debut album came out when he was 27. These specific examples illustrate what a young, talented artist Buddy Holly was when he died. But I don't like thinking about his life in this way. It makes it seem like Buddy Holly's life only mattered because he put out fantastic music. Of course I wish Buddy Holly had survived so we could hear all of the great songs he would have released over the decades. But I also wish he had survived so we could hear all of the bad songs he would have released. Any artist who has the pleasure of having a multi-decade career has misses. I wish Buddy Holly had more of an opportunity to swing and miss with his music, because that would mean he had lived. As I've gotten older, I've come to believe that the tragedy of Buddy Holly's death has little to do with the fact that he was a talented artist. The tragedy is that he and three others died when they didn't have to. People, it's important to remember, are worth more than their hit songs. As usual, we recommend a new song and an old song each week. The new song is called This Mess by Calvero and Tiffany Topol. Calvero is a guy I came across on TikTok a couple years ago. At first, I was infatuated with his personality. His music takes were always interesting, even when I disagreed with him. Then I realized that he made music, and it was delightful. Calvero's music reminds me of something that Desmond Child might have made in the 1980s. It's filled with drama and choruses bigger than you can imagine. His latest single, This Mess, fits that description perfectly. You won't be able to get the chorus out of your head for days. Sometimes I look in the mirror And I stare at the bald spot at the top of my head Like it's a sign I'm losing my prime All the doors are closed and it's the start of the end Every day I wonder, where 
is my damn parade, my sidewalk star. Uh -huh, uh -huh, yeah. Did I spend too many years lying in my bed, crying in a parked car? Been held up by anticipation. this week takes us back to 1955. It's called It's All Over Now, Baby Blue by Dion. As noted earlier, Dion was one of the acts on the winter dance party bill. Had he gotten a seat on the ill-fated plane, he too would have died. But Dion was not on that plane. Because of that, he became one of the biggest pop stars of the early 1960s. Though his career waned during the British invasion, he continued to push himself artistically for decades. In 2017, he put out Kickin' Child, a folk rock album that was shelved in 1965. The record includes a fantastic cover of Bob Dylan's It's All Over Now, Baby Blue. My cousin showed it to me a few years ago, and it rivals Dylan's original. You must leave, take what you need, you think will last. But whatever you wish to keep, you better grab it fast. Understands you're often with his gun Crying like a fire in the sun
Thank you for listening to Can't Get Much Higher, a podcast and newsletter about the intersection of music and data. If you enjoyed listening, please like, rate, subscribe. Again, you can also subscribe to the newsletter and you'll get additional content that's not available on the podcast. If not, or in either case, I should say, I will be back next week with another edition. Mm